Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is our Hebrews teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you have found us online when you have. And uh, today we'll continue our Bible study in Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, the Lord has got wonderful words of life to impart into our hearts today. And I'm thankful for what he's able to do if we'll just commit our works unto him, give him our ear and our hearts, and he'll pour through and his wonderful words of life, and we will find more of him at work in our lives because his fruit is better than any fruit we could bear. Amen. Praise God. First of all, let me say how encouraged I am from a wonderful weekend of, of truth and fellowship. Let me say it a better way, gospel fellowship, where... Uh, the people of God literally come together and are found striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's what's preached. That's what's uh, stirring in our hearts. That's what we're looking for. That's what causes the fellowship to be tangible. The unity of the faith of the Son of God to be tangible. I mean, it's. It, it, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's nothing like it. In all the earth, nothing like it in all the earth than when God's people get together in the faith, not in some building, but in the faith of the Son of God. God can say and do many great and wonderful things in that remnant of people who aren't really focused on all the world problems and all the world situations, even their own personal situations that we have to look at, we have to go through, but our looking is ahead unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessed time we had there at Pastor uh, Pastors Colton and Casey Hill in Wichita Falls this weekend. You can see all those services live on the Crossway Church of Wichita Falls Facebook page. I encourage you to go and listen to every one of them for every message spoke volumes to me and those who were there. And I also encourage you when you see meetings like this taking place with these uh, ministers gathering together, find a way to get there. Find a way to get there for you will leave filled with a greater assurance and edification than you had when you showed up. Praise God. Looking forward to next month's uh, determined camp meeting there in Dublin, Georgia with Pastor Scotty Williams and the great folks there. And uh, we're just so excited about being able to get together again this year. This is a few years that we've been getting together at determined camp meeting. Ministers who the Lord has been able to bring back to that place uh, that he was before the foundation of the world predetermined that he would do all that he would do, say all that he would say by his son, through his son. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to know that today. It's October the 7th through the 10th. You don't want to miss it there in Dublin, Georgia. If you need any more information, just message me or Pastor Scotty Williams and we'll get you the information you need. It's going to be one more fine time in the Lord, and you don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. This morning, Hebrews chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 12. This is part 11 of, uh, of this great 6th chapter, and it is the 13th day of September, 
2021. I like telling us where we are so when we look back we can see. So verse 12, let's read this this morning. That you be not slothful. with our microphone. Yeah, I think we are. We'll get it right in a minute. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So as we look at this this morning, let us understand that the focus here is not to follow those around you who are following Christ, who through faith are going to inherit the promises. It's not wrong to do that, but that's not the Holy Spirit's pointing to the, who we're following here? We're following. He begins to talk about. He begins to talk about Abraham. So we need to understand that we, we, that the Lord here specifically points to those that we're to follow them through faith and patience who inherit the promises. And and again, there's nothing wrong. We follow. Those, even in our day right now, who are following Christ. We follow those. We, but we also have to be found following those we're following as they follow the ones we were declared and commanded to follow in the Word of God who are following Christ. And here we see, let's read this again, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You see, not everybody who starts out in faith finishes the race. Not everybody who starts out uh, fighting the good fight of faith ends up fighting the good fight of faith. Paul said he, his soul takes no pleasure in those who turn back. And many, many turn back. The Bible says in the last days, nothing about a last day's harvest. Nothing about a last day's great revival in the church, rather. But, uh, but rather a great falling away, a great uh, seducing, a great waxing cold from love. And that's what we see all around us in our world today, in, in the church today. So let us understand that we've got to continue to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That means you've got to endure. Faith requires patience. Faith requires patience because only through faith and patience will we make it to the end and inherit the promises. So here we're told to be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. He says because... Now look, here, here's what he's tying this to. I hope we can see it and just let everything else we've thought go because here's what the Holy Spirit is directing us to see as we follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God, because when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself. God had to swear by his own self because God giving men a covenant that, that he makes with men, by men, men involved in the covenant, we are covenant breakers. We have no other option as sinful men but to break 
a covenant. When we don't want to break the covenant, we will break the covenant because we have something in us due to the fall of man, that law of sin and death at work in our members, even this flesh that we live in. It'll tr- the flesh will try to serve God but with its own strengths and means instead of looking unto the cross. So we've got to make sure that we understand God had to cut covenant with himself. He had to make an oath with himself. He had to, he had to swear by himself because he, if he made a covenant with any of sinful humanity, it would fail. And not because what God offered wouldn't be perfect, but because we're imperfect, we mess it up. We need to understand that. I said something in my message yesterday morning in Wichita Falls, Texas, that I'm going to repeat right now. Whatever God gives you is perfect. He doesn't hand out anything shabby. He says His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we've obtained the measure of the faith of the Son of God that we live by. That faith, my friend, is perfect. He didn't measure us out of of the faith of the Son of God something shabby and half-hearted. Now, we don't have the full measure, but the measure we do have always works. It's a perfect faith. We're imperfect. We don't keep it as we should. Come on now, help me up in here this morning. We don't keep it as we should, but when we do, we find the power of God keeping us. Hallelujah. Unto the salvation that we have received of Him. The fruit of that. We, we need to understand, God, God don't give us anything halfway. He, everything He gives us is perfect. He gave us His perfect Son. He's given us His perfect Spirit. He's given us His perfect strength through grace if we'll just remain there. See, it's us the problem. It's not, well, grace ain't working for me. No, I'm not trusting in what I need to be trusting in to get it. Hallelujah. We've got to endure through faith with patience. Hallelujah. And that means faith in the cross where that faith was shown to us. A perfect faith that through humility and obedience, that faith endured. Jesus endured by grace through faith to give us that saving grace and the measure of that faith. Hallelujah. We need to know that God ain't giving you anything that's not perfect. He's given us, what He's given us is perfect even though we're imperfect and we mess it up all the time. Nevertheless, He hadn't given us anything that's not perfect. And we need to remember that. He says, because when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he he swore by himself. And this is what he said making oath, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. Now, he's talking to Abraham here. We got to get that. He, he, He is telling Abraham about him swearing by himself, making this oath within himself that he's going to carry this out and offer it to humanity. We can't mess it up. We can throw it out. We can we can do despite uh, unto the Spirit of grace by trampling over uh, the, the blood of his Son. We, we can throw it out. We don't have to accept it, but we can't mess it up. We're messed up, but we can't mess up a covenant that God offers because he swore by himself. And I'm telling you, when God cuts covenant... 
and he swears by himself, man can't put a dent in it. Man can't cut it up and slice it up and throw it away. Man can't mess the covenant up. We can mess our own selves up. And in our minds, we can do harm only to ourselves if we don't look at the covenant properly, but we can't harm the covenant. We can only harm ourselves if we don't do properly as we should with the covenant. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me read verse 14 again saying, Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he, Abraham, had patiently endured. you you got to remember that. This life is tough. This world is horrible. This is not our home. There's going to be ups, but way far more downs. There's going to be tripping and staggering and stumbling, but we might even fall every once in a while, but God says the righteous might fall seven times, but there's a bounce to the righteous. Hallelujah. We're going to bounce back up because we're going to look back to Calvary and see where that righteousness and that strength and power comes from, and we're going to rise back up. Hallelujah. Because we have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus and can't nothing overcome the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. And so after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Abraham obtained the promise after he patiently endured. And let me say it again. God's called us to be patient and to endure. It will take patience to endure. But through faith brings about the patience that we need. If we if we run out of patience, and, and we call it running out of patience, there, 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 there's listen, there's no limit on the patience the Holy Spirit can work in our hearts if we'll keep the faith we were given in the beginning. Glory to God. And we can endure uh, through faith with patience. If we just keep believing and trusting God, God has promised, God has shown us Abraham that he endured. He's the father of faith. That means faith endures. Those that quit means they threw faith out. Their faith became shipwrecked. You, you don't quit in the faith. Glory to God. You don't quit if you're growing in the faith. Let me put it that way. You don't quit if you're moving forward in the faith. They're weak in the faith, strong in the faith, but in the faith means there's a movement, there's a stirring of the Holy Spirit and a hunger for the things of God. But after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 16, Because men truly swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. When when there's strife between men, a covenant is made. Uh, 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 we, 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 we make covenants with each other to end the strife. That's what the Bible's here saying. Well, unfortunately, it never works out for us. There's, there's a few moments of the end of strife, and sometimes it may last a longer periods than others, maybe a generation or two even. But then here comes the great-grandson and the great-granddaughter of that fella, and they come back to the table, and it ain't working because we ain't working. And, and, and I, but we're, we're just a fallen uh, race of people, all people. And uh, we need to remember that. But when God cut covenant, but he, he couldn't, men verily swear by the greater 
and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. I want you to get that today. He is showing the heirs of promise. That's you and me. Not just Abraham. We're to follow in the footsteps of Abraham who patiently endured to be able to receive the promise. Just because you said the sinner's prayer some years ago and and you claim now that's all it took to get you in, my friend, you're in for a big awakening. You better... If you've, if you've moved away and you've become slothful, you and I better remain faithful. We better be found moving forward in the things of the Lord. Uh, we, need, we need to hear these things. He says here in verse 17, wherein, that means in this place, this, this, this place that, that God made an oath. Watch this now. Wherein... God willing more abundantly than any covenant men can make with themselves to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability. That word means the unchangeableness. God is unchanging of His counsel. God's counsel stands firm and sure to the end. You can stand on God's word. You can stand on His counsel throughout the ages. It will not change. Men change. We change. We cut covenant, break the covenant, make a new covenant. God's covenant, he says, is everlasting. Praise God. I don't we we might throw it out, but it's still there because it's an everlasting covenant. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show for us to see those who are the heirs of promise, the unchangeableness of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. And know this, my friend, when God speaks, that's it. That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. And we'll see that here in verse 18, that by two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. This covenant... Uh, And this oath that God cut with himself and swore by himself is, is the avenue and the only avenue. The giving of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary, for Jesus Christ and his death at Calvary is the new covenant. Jesus said in Luke uh, chapter 22 that the new covenant is in his blood. Hallelujah. And we need to remember that. That that God has given us his, his word, his oath. Then he sent his son to carry out the fulfillment of that oath, that counsel, that promise, that covenant, that everlasting new covenant. We need to remember these things and only through that avenue do we have a hope which can be the anchor of our soul. Do you understand that? This hope is the only hope, the only object that can anchor our souls and allow us with patience to endure until we obtain the fullness of the promise. We, we already have uh, uh, major 
parts of the promise. And in Romans chapter 5, the promise is, is God giving us the free gift of righteousness. And, and the measure of faith we've received as a gift came through that righteousness. I'm, I'm just quoting scriptures to you right now. Go look in Romans 5 and you'll see four or five uh, times the, the, the Holy Spirit uses the word free gift or gift. And, and He ends up telling us that it's the righteousness of God. And in and, and 2 Peter 1 and 1, we're told that this faith, this like precious faith we've received came through the righteousness of God. So we have the Holy Spirit. We were given the Son of God for a sacrifice on our behalf. All these, and that is that is what gave us all the other gifts that we have of God. And we need to know that. But when we stop looking unto Christ and Him crucified, our hope becomes wishy-washy and it cannot be a live hope. That's why we must never stop looking to the sacrifice of Christ. For when we do, that's when we get on the roller coaster ride of, of shabby days and, and high-end days and, and down-low days. And, but the Bible says as long as we're looking unto the one who endured the contradiction of sinners, the one who endured the cross, the one who authored our faith and finished it at Calvary, we won't grow weary and faint in our minds. We will be able to, through faith, with patience, endure until the end. Hallelujah. And that's what God's calling you to do. Endure to the end. You must endure to the end. You must finish your course. You must finish the race God set before you. You must finish. Hallelujah. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith had a beginning. Our faith had an ending. And it's all in Christ and what He did at Calvary. We need to remember that. So by two immutable, unchangeable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we, we might have a strong consolation who have fled. You and I have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Do you understand? I hope you see your salvation as exactly that because in a true born again experience my friend that's exactly what was happening we were fleeing from the lies fleeing from all the world religions fleeing from all the things we'd heard fleeing from everything so that we might lay hold on this hope that was set before us which was the promise of God where he swore by himself and he cannot lie where he he promised Abraham and he cannot lie. Hallelujah. I want you to know that. Look at verse 18 again. That by two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. My goodness, if we would grab a hold of that. The Bible is God's word and God can't lie. That means you can receive God's word in the heart. You can stand on it. You can trust what God is telling you where he's trying to lead you, you can know, you can believe and be sure that what he said is correct, 100% sure, and can be the light for your path. And even if it feels wrong, it won't be wrong. But now I've got to add this today. 
I've got to add this today. You can't just open the Bible and start picking scriptures out and declaring them and, and demanding that God move on your behalf through those scriptures. No, my friend, you, you are in a place where you are in. God sees your needs and He will meet your needs through the truth He's able to provide for you. And you can't just pick and choose. And no, just because you open the Bible and pick scriptures out and pin them to the refrigerator and quote them every day and learn them and, and, and go around declaring them does not mean that that's how it's going to work. The Lord, hear me this morning, the Lord knows what we need and it's beyond our imagination, beyond our thoughts what we need for only He knows what we need. If we got everything we asked for, we'd actually destroy ourselves and others. But God knows what we need before we ask and when God sends the provision, it's going to be the provision of His truth, the truth of His Word because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is attempting to guide us into more truth so that we can understand our faithful Lord more, depend on Him more, love Him more, and have a brighter picture of where He is guiding us to. We need to understand that. All this stuff about just pick a verse out and quote it and God will move on. No, my friend, that's just not the way it's going to work. That's where the church has gone to, thinking they can control God, but God gave His Word to us so we could be conformed into the image of His Son, Romans 8 29 and what that looks like So, uh, because we all have different imaginations and we all will take that and run with it Philippians 3.10 gives us the one picture where we can all have the same mind and be speaking the same thing that being conformed into the image of his son right now in this life is being conformed into the image of his death and we don't need to forget that we need to remember that we're carrying a cross in this life not a crown Crowns, the rewards are laid up in heaven. Hallelujah. This life is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and to carry the cross. Glory to God. Many, many reject that. Many refuse that. But that's the way it's always been. If you're looking for large crowds to follow the footsteps of Christ, my friend, it won't be the Christ of the Bible when you find the majority of people going in a certain direction. You need to remember that. Let's read verse 18 again that by two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. That word consolation, let's look at it this morning. It means a strong comfort, a, a, a strong summons, a strong calling near. Uh, let's look at the root word of it this morning. That means to call near. We have a strong calling that God has called us near. And you will always, if you're a child of God, if you've been born again, that still small voice will be drawing you near with great conviction as you go through this life. And we need to remember that. This word, consolation, and it's a strong consolation we have as long as we're clinging to that oath that God made, that covenant that God cut, hallelujah, <clears throat> He will always be attempting to draw us closer and to hold us steady the course. But it also means comfort and desire. We are comforted strongly by the Holy Spirit when we're trusting in this oath that God swore by Himself. We need to remember these things. And we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. The covenant that God cut 
with himself. The oath that he swore by himself because there was nobody higher to swear by. <coughs> he swore by himself. He cannot lie. The hope that is set before us is what God has offered us through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. And there's where our faith began and there's where our faith will be kept and in the end, there's where our faith will be finished. We began at Calvary. We'll end this journey through traveling through this life there and then we'll step into that great day of resurrection. And it's not that we don't have resurrection power by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it is that that power only works if we remain planted together in the likeness of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you've been blessed. We'll, we'll do what we can to try to finish this chapter this coming Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Try to join us every Monday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time as we move on through the book of Hebrews. And Friday mornings we are meeting at 9 a.m. online Central Time and we're discussing Bible faith in light of the cross. And that's at 9 a.m. on Friday. So uh, be sure and, and find us, uh, the Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel, the, the church website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and pray for us. We're praying for you. We're believing God for you. And we're expecting not only for God to do great and mighty things in our lives and through our ministries, but in your life in your individual ministries. Thank you for your prayers and your financial support for this ministry. We praise God for each and every one of you that give into this ministry. For when you give to Crossway Church, you are giving to the preaching of the gospel and the other avenues that the Lord is allowing us to do, uh, things such as send seven expositor study Bibles into the prison system every single week. So thank you for your help. If God stirs your heart to give and you don't know how, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you soon. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.